Our reading this morning is from Paul's letter to the church in Rome, in Rome, chapter 8, verses 26 through 30. In the same way, the Spirit comes to help our weakness. We don't know what we should pray, but the Spirit himself pleads our case with an unexpressed groans. The one who searches hearts knows how the Spirit thinks because he pleads for the saints consistent with God's will. We know that God works all things together for good for the ones who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. We know this because God knew them in advance and he decided in advance that they would be conformed to the image of his son. That way his son would be the first of many brothers and sisters. Those who God decided in advance would be conformed to his son he also called. Those whom he called, he also made righteous. Those whom he made righteous, he also glorified. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I thought Stuart was going to be quiet today. Um, good morning, Morning Star. It's a joy to be here this morning. I appreciate Amy uh, trusting me with this community of faith uh, this morning because it's a, it is a trust that a pastor puts in someone who comes to take her place during this time of proclamation. Uh, I'm glad I'm here because she's on vacation. The last time I was here was because she had COVID. So this is a much happier time, and they are with family and, and enjoying that and enjoying this time away. And just thank you as a congregation for providing her with this time. I know we have a, a conference rule that every pastor uh, who's had at least 10 years in the local church has four weeks of vacation, but you have to encourage them sometimes. They, we, we pastors sometimes think we are invulnerable, and uh, uh, we're not and we need the time away, and I thank you so much for giving her that time. Well, as, as Amy says, grace and peace to you, my sisters and brothers. Grace and peace to you, Lord. Take a deep breath. Whenever I do that, when she's here, I kind of want to go, <clears throat> but anyway, if you prefer to sleep, go right ahead. This day, uh, Steve read a portion of the letter to Rome that Paul wrote, chapter 8, verses 26 through 30. And each week, we, we read a small portion of Scripture. And most of the time, the pastor will take that particular Scripture or part of that Scripture and go forth for a sermon. But every week, there's much more unread that is read. And it helps us at times to to go back and look at these verses within the larger context. Uh, for instance, in preparing for today, I turned to one of my, uh, my favorite uh, commentators, uh, Dr. Paul Ackmeyer, who is a professor emeritus from, uh, uh, what is the name of that school? Uh, Presbyterian Theological Seminary, United Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Richmond, Virginia. 
Uh, Dr. Eckmeyer and, and his wife were both very respected scholars and probably some of the best scholars in the, uh, in the 20th century. And in his commentary on the book of, Act, uh, book of Romans, he summarized the letter this way. He said, it is a very logical theology that processed from the despair of sin to the gift of grace to the redemption of humanity. So this is a movement in this letter to the Romans. It is a movement from despair and loss to recognizing God's grace and glory to being redeemed by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Now this morning's reading from the eighth chapter is a part of the movement of God's Holy Spirit and the surety of God's grace. And this is where I want us to focus, focus our attention this morning as we consider verse 28. We know that God works all things together for good for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we open our hearts and our minds to you this morning, that you would fill us not only with knowledge, but with enthusiasm and with determination and with a challenge to be the church. Lord, bless all that we have done up until this point. Bless us as we have heard the scripture read and bless us as we hear it proclaimed. Let the words that I speak be the words you would have us to hear. And if not these words, Lord, speak to us in the quietness of our hearts. This we pray with Christ, in Christ, and for Christ. Amen. Amy is encouraging you to, to bring your Bibles with you and to use them during the, uh, during the service, to follow along with the scriptures, and she's asking you sometimes to read, and I'm going to do that today. I haven't done that in a long time, but I'm going to be asking you to read, so be prepared. Now, you can use a hard copy, or like me, you could use the, the Bible app. If you don't have one, you can get it at the, the Apple Store, the Microsoft Store. It's really handy to have, and uh, a lot of times some preachers say, what, do, what are you looking at when I'm reading the Scripture? Well, I'm reading the scripture with you. And it has all the many different translations. I, I've got a preferred translation. I'm sure you do too. But I hope that you will heed her advice and bring your Bibles with you and use them. Now, the sermon that I'm preaching today falls right in the middle of a series of sermons that Amy is preaching uh, during the summertime. It's about seeking. And as she began talking about how we are, are seeking love, God's love, as she called that famous verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that God gave God's only son. And then last week, she talked about seeking a plan. Now, I wasn't here last week, but I did watch it on, on uh, Facebook. And she talked about we're seeking specifically God's plan for us as she drew from a scripture in Jeremiah, the prophet. Now today we're going to focus on how God works together for the good. That, all, that God works all things together for the good. For those who love God, those who are called by God. And God does this for us personally, communally, and denominationally. 
the good that God works for us. My friends, it is not a given. It does not automatically happen. It's not just there. I've heard people misquote this verse so often. All things work together for the good. All things work together for the good. But that's not what it says at all. God works all things together for the good, for those who love God, who are called according to God's purpose. But I want somebody else to read that particular verse, Romans 8, verse 28, from whatever translation you want. And they were all sound a little bit different. So somebody read that for us. Don't be bashful. Right. We have to read the whole verse. It's so hard. We want to cherry pick everything in the scripture, don't we? We hear that a lot today. Somebody will take one verse, one verse out of the Old Testament, and say, see, that proves that God does this, or God doesn't do that, or God loves this, or God doesn't love that. But I always say, well, now, if you want to go around all these prohibitions, I hope you don't eat shrimp. Uh, I sure hope you don't like pork chops. Because that's in there, too, that if you eat seafood or if you eat uh, uh, pork, you're going to die. So far, I've eaten a lot of pork chops and lots of shrimp, lots of shrimp and raw oysters. And I'm still here. You know, it's so easy to pick and choose what we want to hear. But we need to read the entire scripture to know what God wants us to hear. So, it's not a given. It's not something that's just there that all things work for the good for those who love God. Can't say that. There's more to it. There are criteria for this. So, who does God work all things together for the good? Just read it. Those who love God. For those who are called for God's purpose. Those are the criteria. We love God because we are called according to God's purpose and we are loved by God. When we turn to God and we put our hope and our trust in God, good things do happen. Perhaps not immediately, perhaps not all at once, perhaps not even as we would want them to happen. Sometimes it takes a, a couple of rounds of chemotherapy before we can see the good shine through. Sometimes it's the touch, the gentle touch of a friend, the reassuring touch of a friend that brings the good out of sorrow. Because God works all things together for good, we have hope. We have hope, and that is another major theme in the letter to the Romans. Now, now turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 2. And I want somebody to read that. Read verses 2 through 5. Can somebody read that? Romans 5, verses 2 through 5. And I've cheated. I've got it written up here if you can't find it. 
Yes, sir, please. Amen. If you didn't hear that, let me read just part of that. We take pride, and this is from the Common English Bible, we take pride in our problems. You ever think about that? Have you ever been proud of your problems? We take pride in our problems because we know that trouble produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. This hope does not put us to shame because the love of God, there it is again, the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. Hope does not disappoint. Hope does not put us to shame because it is from God's Holy Spirit. Now that's, that's why that there are times that we have lemons in our lives. And we can turn around and make lemonade. We can take the troubles and make them peaceful. We can take failures and make them successes. We can take the negatives all around us and turn them into positives. Hope opens the door for the good that God works in our lives. Now the next time you, you take a thirst quenching drink of fresh lemonade, remember that God works all things together for the good, for those who love God and who are called according to their, his purpose, those who love and who trust God. This verse thing, uh, the same thing plays out in the world around us. When God is working for the good in the lives of people, Naysayers become yaysayers. There is so much negativism in our world. There's so much which threatens to divide us. So many people getting one up on the other. And folks, there's just plain meanness out there. Social media can be very, very helpful. I love it. I love it. I'm on it. I, I check with my friends that I haven't seen in a long time, people I grew up with back in the South. But it is so often a forum for meanness, for disrespect, for anger, for fear-mongering. Our hope in God can turn all of that around. Hope opens up channels for loving and carrying communication that brings folks together, not creating divisiveness. Hope breaks down walls that separate and build bridges that bring us together. When naysayers become yaysayers, a better world begins to appear. 
Now, here you've heard this phrase, radical what? Inclusion. Radical inclusion. You are practicing that turnaround right here at Morningstar United Methodist Church in Las Cruces, New Mexico. You're doing that with radical inclusion. It means that Morningstar United Methodist Church welcomes all people, and I mean all people, and introduces them to Jesus. In this way, you are casting hope to your community and to our world. At this year's annual conference, on the first morning of a conference, one of our pastors did the morning devotional. And he introduced us to the elephant in the room, the issue of disaffiliation. You've heard that term. It's kind of like prevenient grace. You look it up in the, in the dictionary, you won't find it. Prevenient, that's a Wesleyan term. Disaffiliation has become, disaffiliation has become a Methodist term and not a necessarily positive. And so for the rest of the annual conference, people didn't talk about disaffiliation. We talked about the elephant. There's an elephant in our room, and it's a big elephant. It's a crazy elephant. It's a scary elephant. It's an elephant that trumps on everything that we believe. This elephant is causing us to lose focus about what we are about making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That is the mission of the United Methodist Church. Now you've taken that statement and you've rewritten it for Morningstar to make it personal, to make it yours. And you know this better than I, that Morningstar is here to point people to the grace of God that we find in Jesus through what? Well, first, inspirational worship, radical inclusion, and the alleviation of suffering. How are you doing? How's it going? Are we doing it? Are we going to do it better? What I want to see happen with this elephant in the room is to see disaffiliation become disciple-making. I want to see disaffiliation become disciple-making. In his opening words to the conference a couple of weeks ago, Bishop Robert Schnazy said, it's time to get back to work. It's time to lay this thing aside and let's move forward making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world through inspirational worship, through radical inclusion, through the alleviation of suffering. The elephant of disaffiliation has to go. Bishop Thomas J. Pickerton, Bickerton, sorry, Bishop Bickerton is the president of our Council of Bishops. And he invites every United Methodist to find their role in the new expression. I like that. The new expression of United Methodism. Together, let's, one, reclaim our identity, who we are, as United Methodist. Number two, revive our energy and passion for making disciples of Jesus Christ. And number three, renew our commitment to missional work and ministry. 
the United Methodist Church can make the world a place where everyone can thrive, a place where God works all things together for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. So watch what happens. Watch what happens and share a message of encouragement, empowerment, and hope. As we together seek the good, we do so with total trust in God and dependence on the grace of Jesus Christ. That indeed we can turn lemons into lemonade, naysayers become yaysayers, and disaffiliation gives way to disciple-making. According to 1 John 4, 19, very simple verse, we love God because God first loved us. We love God because God first loved us. And when we are loved by God, we can only love God in return. When that happens, good things occur for us, for others, and for our church. Therefore, seek the good in your world this week. Find ways that you see God making all things work together for good in yourself and those around you and in your community of faith. Morning Star United Methodist Church, I'm betting that if you seek the good, you're going to find it. In the name of the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Sustainer.